Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to another episode of Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here, and we've got no games to break down because this is the bye week. So just wanted a chance to talk a little bit about uh, a couple storylines as we look ahead to the rest of the season. And I think we'll get into first down here uh, with the injury to Patrick Peterson, I think has a significant impact on this team and on this defense and we've seen how important he's been to this team so far. Um, but Kyle, I know that for you, seeing Peterson go down means that there's a spotlight on a, on a new player. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so it's always disappointing when you see one of your main players go down, obviously, but then even more so when you kind of, I kind of felt like since the Seattle game, the defense was taking steps forward and they certainly weren't perfect. You know, I think back to the, uh, the Carolina game, obviously when Sam Darnold looked like Tom Brady at the end of the game, but so they were, they were far from perfect, but I felt good in the sense that they were taking steps forward. And I thought that perhaps they could build off that and hopefully have a really strong final two thirds. Then Peterson goes down Initially, they say it's just muscle cramping. So you're saying, okay, whew, okay, you know, avoided, avoided anything too serious. You know, the veteran had some muscle cramps, no big deal. Turns out it's more than that. It's a significant hamstring injury. He's therefore in the IR. He'll be out for three games at, at a minimum. And, you know, Spielman's him. They got their poker face. They say he'll be back. You know, we, we, you know, we expect him to be back at the end of those three games. We're hoping he'll be back. But, you know, initially, I, the one that everyone goes back to is Daniel Hunter, apparently had a neck tweak. He ends up having a season-ending neck injury. So no one really trusts Zimmer or Spielman at this point when they say it's a minor injury because we trusted them when it came to Daniel Hunter. And then it turns out we lost him for the year. So there's a little bit of skepticism whether or not Patrick Peterson will actually be back. And we all know that a hamstring injury is really, really tricky. And, you know, and Patrick Peterson, I mean, he's got his podcast, the All Things Covered podcast. Uh, you know, they talked about that specifically themselves saying, look, hamstrings are tough and they're just unpredictable and you can re-aggravate them. And so there are no guarantees that Peterson will be back after three games. And even if he is back after three games, who's to say that he doesn't re-aggravate it in that opening week, which, you know, obviously is something we want to avoid. But in any case, the opportunity, it seems, goes to Cameron Dantzler, who many people have been disappointed with. He was competing with Bashad Breeland. Breeland has been really not very good. You know, he's been better the past few weeks, but really not very good, all things considered. Uh, and he still beat out Dantzler. Well, now Dantzler looks like he's going to be the one who actually gets on the fields opposite Breeland. And this is an opportunity for the sophomore. You know, he's been involved in a lot of trade rumors. Various teams have been speculating about whether or not Minnesota would be willing to move him in that he's a young upside guy, but he seems to be in Zim's doghouse. He's not starting over these vets. Would they be willing to trade him? And so it's interesting to see the trade deadline is a little more than a week away. So the trade deadline is November 2nd. So not next Monday, but next Tuesday. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, Dantzler has this opportunity to start against Dallas Halloween night, you know, Sunday night football, prime time. Uh, so get your candy out, sit on the couch and go watch what will likely be a very stressful, scary game. And it'll be very, very interesting to see if Cameron Dantzler uh, can perform well against really what is, in a lot of ways, an impressive, impressive Cowboys offense. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, 
Obviously, Dak Prescott's putting up some pretty good numbers as he always does, and so and then their O line obviously is is for real, and then they got the running backs, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. So that all that to say that Dantzler has an opportunity here, and if he can have a strong showing against Dallas, not only would that maybe squash some of the trade rumors, but also kind of give us some confidence moving forward that perhaps. Uh, Dancer is going to be a strong option for us this season and beyond. Right. So it almost, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I want to like clarify a little bit. Do you feel a little bit like this game against the Cowboys is kind of like a one game audition for this team to be able to figure out, Hey, is Dantzler, can Dancer be the guy moving forward or is something need to happen at the trade deadline? Part of me feels that way a little bit to a certain extent. Because you got to think that the team is obviously having conversations, right? Like the, this week, they've already been having conversations, I'm sure. They already traded Stephen Weatherly. Surely they're having other conversations with other players, both on their own roster and then other teams' rosters. And so I do wonder, given all these rumors, um, I'm sure teams have been calling. I'm sure teams have been doing their due diligence. Uh, and you got to wonder, if Danzler goes out and just has a brutal time out there, and Zimmer benches him. What does that mean for? Uh, what does that mean for him potentially being traded? And I know some fans will say, "Well, don't trade him then. His value is at his all-time lowest." But and you know, I can see that. You know, fair enough. He has a brutal performance, and you go and trade him. But teams will also look at his rookie year, the year that he had, and then also see, okay, can we fit him into our scheme? You know, what they're asking him to do in Minnesota is fairly complex. Could he, you know, fit with our team a little bit better? And, and potentially, uh, you know, have a really strong impact here and, and works around the field in a way that he didn't in Minnesota. So we'll see. I, I, don't, I don't know. Rick Spielman doesn't call me. But I do think that this, this game against the Cowboys is really important. Um, the counterpoint, obviously, is that if we get rid of Dantzler, well, then we are extra thin, extra thin at, at cornerback. And so any, any move involving Dantzler going out have to correspond with bringing in a corner so we'll see right right and so like i think like you said obviously this this deeply impacts dancer because one he wasn't getting those starting snaps and now he will be it also feels yeah. a little bit like it relates to breland as well and the yeah. impact that it has on on him and i think that like you mentioned a little bit uh, if this injury happened a few weeks ago i think we're very panicked uh, phil is like yes after he's like a little bit settled in it feels a little bit better. Um, yep. There's still a lot of uncertainty there. I, yep. The last question I have on this, um, unless you have any other points you want to make, was I know we talk sometimes about how corners match up against certain yeah. receivers. And I guess I'm curious, when you look at Breland, you look at Dantzler, do you feel like those are two complementary corners in terms of what they offer in terms of covering some of these guys that maybe are super quick or super long or whatever it may be. I think when I look at Dantzler and Breland's, and maybe this is why they were competing to a certain extent, they're kind of similar in that they both have pretty good size. Breland's obviously thicker. Uh, Dantzler's really skinny, but they're both really good in run support. Uh, they're both pretty good size. They both try to be physical, uh, but then sometimes can get, they have mental lapses, can get beat deep. And uh, I worry about someone like C.D. Lamb who can really, really move, you know, if either of these two will be able to match up on C. Lamb, especially if the pass rush doesn't get home quickly. 
so it makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, I'm thankful that we still have Mackenzie Alexander, who will take the lead in, in the slot. So both Breland and Dantzler can focus almost exclusively on the outside. So that's a good thing. But I do wonder, so Amari Cooper, who has torched us in the past, and then CeeDee Lamb, who moves really, really well, uh, we're going to have our hands full. We're going to have our hands full. And I kind of see this as a clear advantage to the Cowboys, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think like, I, I think this all goes to say that Peterson has been a little bit, um, maybe it's not fair to say he's underappreciated so far, but he certainly has just been such a key presence on this defense. Yeah, and we are going to miss him. Yeah, we're like gonna... he just, I think, especially the cornerback position, sometimes you don't know what you have until it's gone. Um, yeah, that's and, right. And he's made some big plays that you see after the fact. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's basically the, the presence of a good corner means that there's the absence of those big plays. And so yep. uh, it's yep. going to be interesting to see. At turning over to the other side of the ball with Kirk Cousins and another really um, crucial, like maybe the most crucial performance on the, on the team. Uh, Kirk through six games. I think we, we've been saying it for the last little while, like really hasn't had much of an off game. And I know we talked a little bit like it's, it's hard for him to get into the MVP conversation because of mm-hmm. all the guys ahead of him. Um, but really this guy's been, I don't know what, like very good to, to great so far. Yeah, that's right. Like, I think I'm, so I'm looking at his, you know, stats right now on pro football reference. And it's, you know, the first thing that stands out to me, at least he's three and three. And then right underneath that record, he's played 115 games in the NFL. He is 54, 54 and two. So he is exactly a 500 quarterback for his career. He's 500 so far through the season. This is basically who Kirk Cousins is and has been for his entire career. He's basically a 500 quarterback. To his credit, though, if it was left just to his performances, we'd probably be five and one. I don't think he was very good against Cleveland. Cleveland got us 14 to seven. And I thought Cousins was like the rest of the offense, just kind of lousy, just kind of lackluster. But otherwise, he's had five excellent games. So then the the question I have for Sam, and this is the question I've been asking myself. So obviously we all we've all heard the stuff about you know, cousins against winning teams, cousins against uh, prime time, you know, big moments, all this stuff. He's this 500 QB, doesn't elevate, isn't clutch. Well, he's been clutch at a number of different points so far this year. If he goes out Sunday night, Halloween night, and beats the Dallas Cowboys, and, and, and we don't just beat the Dallas Cowboys, you know, in spite of cousins, but because of cousins, he's excellent. Uh, are you firmly in the belief category that, QB one franchise QB. This is the guy he, he could lead us to not just into the playoffs, but potentially deep into the playoffs. Like, are you officially a believer if he goes out and has a great game against the Cowboys and, and wins and wins? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I, yes, I do believe that I, I okay. have a hard time. Um, like there hasn't been a whole lot so far. That's made me doubt him. I think okay. one of the things I've done as each of these six games has gone on is think even within the game, which quarterback would I rather have on yeah. like for, from each of these teams. And obviously there are some guys that are exceptional. We have Kyler Murray, who's uh, got some exceptional skills, got Russell Wilson, who's there. Um, 
but like Kirk is just such a consistent presence. And like, even I was watching football yesterday and just seeing some of these quarterback performances that are happening. And Mm -hmm. like you said, Kirk has not been there. They haven't, there's not been a situation where they've won despite him. Like you make up the, yep. the make the point about Cleveland. Like obviously that was just a poor team performance all the way around. Yep. Um, and so it's fair, I think, to say that that maybe is the one game you say, you know what, he really wasn't great, but he just has been so consistent. And while you can maybe question some of the decision making where he does a check down versus going deep or whatever yep. it may be, I just think that um, what he offers, I think, is just is so underappreciated. So yeah, I I like. And I think that he, the next four games are crucial in terms of figuring yeah. out, okay, what is this guy going to bring? Because he said to get the primetime game and you got some of these playoff caliber teams. What does yep. he do in the next four games? I think is, is huge. So then the next question for you, and this is, I'll admit that it's like, it doesn't seem very logical to my mind. It almost feels a little bit superstitious, but in any case, so last year, I would have told you that Kirk Cousins was the main reason why we started one and five. I thought he was really, really awful in those first six games. And then post by, he ended up being actually quite excellent. He was, he was very, very good. I thought the rest of the way. This year now, again, we have Kirk Cousins at a quarterback, obviously. We've got these initial six games. We go into a bye, and Kirk Cousins has been excellent, I thought. And if just left to Kirk Cousins, we should have been five and one. I would, I would argue, right? I think other players let him down in two of those losses. What are the, Do you see that anything in that pattern in the sense where last year it was six games, he was brutal, by a week, and then very, very good. This, this year he is great in those six games, we could say, by a week, and then therefore he's going to struggle these next two thirds. Do you see anything in that at all? Or am I just, you know, letting my my Vikings nervousness get the best of me. And as fans, our minds are just so messed at times. Yeah, like it's true. Just, yeah. The, yeah. I'm following this pretzel that, that I can see. I get like, I can yeah. actually see your brain in a pretzel here. And, and like, yeah. I, I say that in understanding exactly what you mean, because I've thought the same thing at different stages with different teams and different players. What yeah. I'll say is this, is that while obviously you would have hoped for more wins, uh, from this Vikings team, like you'd rather they have a winning record coming out at three and three, there's still so much to prove. And that yes. way, I think that there is less of a possibility of him blowing it. If that makes sense. Like, I think you come into this bye week five and one and you're like, Oh, you know what? Maybe like, mm-hmm. not, not that I think that any player ever is like, ah, I'm going to go 80% this game or take this game off a little bit or whatever. But, right. but there is a mentality of like, they like we said like they've basically used up all their get out of jail free cards so far they don't yes. there's not like a situation where it's like uh you know what if we have a, a, a bad game or two here it's going to be okay like it really cannot afford to lose more than yep. what four games here on out maybe five um yeah that, like, that's right depending on how it goes and so i think from that stance and that it feels like almost every game forward is is kind of in that not must win category, but whatever below must win is. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that hopefully from, from what I sense from, from Kirk mm-hmm. and what I would just like evaluating performance, I would say that your, your, your fears are uh, not that they're invalid, um, but they are <laughs> maybe less uh, 
I, th I think there's less to them than, than maybe in a different circumstance. All right. Fair enough. I think, you know what, if, if we were to go full-blown Vikings on this, what will happen is Kirk Cousins go, goes out, plays really, really well, maybe has one really boneheaded mistake, maybe has one bad interception, throws a Trevon Diggs perhaps, or maybe fumbles in a crucial spot, and the Vikings end up losing the game. That would be the most Vikings outcome in the world. Because then you could say, dude played well, had this brutal error, we lost the game against a team who probably most people would say is better than us. Uh, what, you know, what do we do with this team? What do we do with this quarterback? That would be full Minnesota Vikings on Halloween night. Vikings fans, I'm going to clip that, that clip and all uh, yeah. predictions. <laughs> I'll send it to yeah. you. If you have any issues, if anything goes wrong, I'll, yeah. I'll send you the clip. You have, you have audio on. on That's not a prediction. Sewering. It's, just, it's, sewering it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's an observation saying that that would be the most Minnesota Vikings way of handling this very important game, especially if it involves us losing maybe a two score lead in the fourth quarter. That would be the most Minnesota Vikings way to go. Yeah. 100%. Basically ever. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I kid. I like there you, I think that there's been different guys who have taken turns on making some mistakes and yeah, the crucial right. mistakes. And Kirk has not been that guy yet. And not yet. Hopefully he's not. Um, but I understand where you're going. They, they're like, in, in some ways, uh, like you said, I think a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Jefferson and the, and the fumble, um, maybe you give him a free pass because of what he's done so far, but with all the chatter that's there and with how important things are, uh, he is one of those guys that feels like he really needs to be as close to perfect as he can be. That's exactly right. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Good. Well, let's wrap up here and, uh, and finishing up in third down. And, and I think what we want to do, we already have spent each week kind of looking ahead to, to what's, what's to come, what's there. And, and I think that in lieu of doing a, a Minnesota wild update, I did want to kind of tie in a little bit about how the, the Minnesota wild season is going and, and with the Minnesota Vikings. And like this week, the we're recording Monday morning, uh, the, the Minnesota Wild lost their first game yesterday of the entire mm -hmm. season. Um, there were so before that they were four and zero, and I was able to watch the the Tuesday game against Winnipeg, and that was maybe a game that you look at and say, you know what, they probably shouldn't have won it. There was a offside call that that um, made one of the goals called back against Winnipeg in the final uh, final couple minutes there, and then the wild score and then they go and, and win in overtime. And I think that as I was watching that and, and I've been thinking about sports and how just our mindsets are as fans, there are games where I think we were just talking about with cousins that you lose games um, that you feel like you should have won. But I think that we're less likely to think about games that we should have lost, but did win. And I think we often think about how we deserve it, um, deserve whenever we win but we're hard done by when we lose. And I was thinking like, I think there's a few, the, the Vikings, and I think this is all about perspective too, a little bit, but the Vikings need a couple games coming up that they should lose, but end up winning. Um, and something I've been thinking about, I, I don't know if you have any comments on that, but there are just, there is a need here for, for some things to, to go well. And I think part of it is obviously situations but also a little bit of perspective from, from the fan point of view. Yeah. So what I would say to that would be, so if, if, if you are what your record says you are, 
Okay, so let, let's just assume that that's true. Well, that means we're worse. We're a worse team than several of these other teams are going to be facing in these next few games. Doesn't mean that the better team always wins, obviously, but it does mean that we're likely going to find ourselves in a tough spot against a few of these teams. And it's the Sam's point where he's saying, you know, we're going to have to steal one or two. And so I think to myself, okay, let's say Cameron Dantzler goes out against, let's just, this is a hypothetical. Let's say we go out against Dallas and the, you know, Dallas, the, you know, they just seem to have the upper hand all game, but we fight and we scrape and we claw. And for some, some reason we just hang around, right. We just find a way to be opportunistic. Uh, and let's say Dantzler is getting torched all game. Right. And then if he, you know, but late in the fourth, he gets an interception, right? Or he forces the big fumble and we capitalize and Kirk goes down. Let's say Kirk is clutch, you know, fingers clutch or fingers crossed rather that he's clutch. And then we win, you know, if we can be opportunistic in one or two of these games, that will be massive for us. Cause I mean, as much as I want to complain about Cincinnati, both in the sense that I still think Minnesota is a better team than them, even though the records say that they aren't. And two, obviously we're upset about the fumble. We're upset about the refs. We're upset about all kinds of different things. Um, we deserve to lose that game, right? Like we we deserve to lose after all the penalties, all that stuff. We got what was coming to us. We weren't ready to play. We got beat. Okay, so fine. There's gonna have to be games where, you know, one we have better luck, right? Where we say games that we should win. So maybe you say we should have beat Arizona. We deserved to win against Arizona, perhaps. Well, we lost. So we need some of those games to go our way when we should win. But then, two, we need some of those games where, you know what, we deserve to lose against the Bengals, but we somehow found a way to win. We need some of that. And we need that probably to happen at least once or twice uh, for us to actually get into the playoffs, even as a wild card spot. Because um, the chances of us being the better team week in, week out against a lot of these tough opponents, those chances are pretty small, I would say. Yeah, for sure. That's totally fair. But I think to your point, though, like, it is kind of interesting to look ahead, like look at those three losses. You got Arizona, who's actually a seven no team, and like yep. things were so close. Like they, like yep, they like they were there. There was it was possible. Yeah, we're we're right there with them. Yep. Um, you got uh, Cincinnati, who is five and two now, beat yeah. Baltimore today. Like I know, yeah, is, they're a good team. Um, they're the top team in their conference, aren't they? The top team in the AFC. Uh, so they're five and two. Tennessee's five and two. Buffalo's four and two, and Vegas is five and two as well. So um, yeah, so they're, they're tied for tippy top. They're there, and then you got Cleveland, who's four and three. But you've so far you've lost to all teams with a winning record, um, and so yeah. in some ways it feels better. But but we're saying like we look ahead, and you've got um, Cowboys who have one loss. Packers have one loss and uh, the Chargers and Baltimore both have two losses. Uh, yep. So you, you need to beat those teams. Those are the teams that you need to yeah. beat to get there. Exactly. To get into playoffs. So yep. this is the time. They, they, and I think especially against the Dallas Cowboys, this is a game that um, would be really, really helpful to start this off. Uh, after oh, yeah. The, like 1-0 after the bye week. Oh, yeah. These other teams, yeah. like I, I feel nervous about Green Bay. Um, Baltimore, I think, is a tough matchup. Chargers is an interesting team. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who can – you get two talented teams who just find a way to collapse. So with the Chargers and the Vikings, 
it's a bit of a wash. You say you get two teams that just find a way to lose and screw it up. So I don't really know what's going to happen there. But then those other three games, you say it's advantage Ravens, advantage Packers, advantage Cowboys. Well, we can't lose all three though. No. Right. We need, we need to, let's, let's say we get lucky against the Chargers and we beat them. Fine. We have to at least get one win against the other guys. Ideally we get two wins. Ideally we go three and one over this next stretch. So we'll see. Too much fun. This, yeah. this Chargers team has looked good so far. I know, man. I, I, I honestly, I, I love the Chargers. If, if the Vikings don't win, I'd be very pleased to see the Chargers go all the way and win it. I like a lot of their players. Yeah. Well, this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to the game against the Cowboys. I think it's going to be a lot of just ex- ex- exciting. I'm, I'm really interested to see how this team comes out of this bye week because yeah. um, yep. so far – this team is just got it feels like three and three is just it feels uh just feels so mediocre um right in the middle right. and uh yeah the next 11 games really get to show what the season is going to be about and there right. feels very much like they're they're all in and so yep. to reward that would be what's expected like playoffs is, is the expectation and so they need mm-hmm. to get there yep exactly Good. well we can wrap up there Kyle where can listeners find more of your work? You can head over to purpleptsd.com and vikingsgazette.com. And uh, otherwise, just keep swinging by here and listening to Sam and I drone on. And uh, that's basically the long and short of it. So I appreciate everyone listening. Sam maybe doesn't, but I certainly do. I love it. I love yeah. it. More, more, I love it more than Kyle. There, there you go. There you go. Awesome. Okay. Well, we will back, be back next week. Break down... Uh, big game against the Cowboys. Take care, everyone.